T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Over the last couple of weeks, there have been a few moments where we've had guests on who have raised flags about the last election cycle. And uh, the most recent, Senator Amanda Chase from Chesterfield, who, who pointed out that there had been a study that several thousand voters uh, didn't have valid addresses. And I, you know, I asked questions like, all right, you know, I lived in Manhattan for a while, but I was still paying taxes here in Virginia. I had an address here in Virginia, um, and I voted here in Virginia. And then I was in Virginia a lot, um, but I had a little condo, a little apartment in New York. So is, is this a fair analysis? I mean, if somebody looked at me, would they say, well, wait a minute, John, you have an apartment in New York, and you have a condo in D.C., and you have an address in Virginia, but you pay taxes in Virginia. This is all screwed up. What What's going on here? And how do we adjudicate this to find out whether people are cheating? Because I, th- I think at least on our side of the aisle, the Republican side of the aisle, we would like to prevent cheating, even if it's our people. Heck no. I'm not putting up with Republicans trying to cheat either. Susan Beals is the state commissioner of the Board of Elections, who's been pretty upfront. I mean, every time there's a an allegation... I can look at my cell phone and she's calling to say, hey, I'll come talk about this. So that's better. Listen, that's better than a lot of people who are in positions like this who run the other direction whenever there's a problem. Susan is with us this morning. Good morning to you. How you doing today? Good morning, John. It's great to be with you again. I appreciate your um, being so upfront and joining us whenever there's a, a question like this. Maybe you heard the interview with Senator Chase where there was this discussion about the the addresses. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you have you kind of processed that? Do you have a reaction to it? You know, I was I was concerned and I had questions when okay. um, I heard about that and I saw the the press release. So I went to the best source of information on voters that I have, which is our registrars. Okay, um, they are the ones in each of the 133 localities, cities, and counties in Virginia who handle voter registration at the local level. Um, so I spoke to a couple of registrars over the last couple of days, and what they explained to me is that this is likely because of the fact that these. Folks who have been identified are living in a rural county where people do not have home delivery of their mail, Mm. and they don't have a P.O. box either. They have what's called general delivery, which means they go to a post office and pick up their mail. Not a P.O. box, just they go and they pick it up. And, you know, that may be a foreign concept to those of us who live in the suburbs, uh, but sometimes the Postal Service does not deliver directly to an address. And so the resident goes to a community mailbox or to the post office to pick up their mail. 
All right. So, well, that's that's good information to know. I didn't know that people were still doing that. I should have should have thought of that because I think there's some people in Goochland County that I know who well, you know, that's their situation. Exactly. And it's um, interesting because you know the, the heat map that was shown it showed um, a lot of these folks of the fifteen thousand that were you know they, they tried to call them invalid. They were on the eastern shore, and there's a, a big propensity of them in in southwest as well. And those yeah. are some of those real rural areas that you would look at and say, okay, well that makes sense. You know, I, when I talked to one of the registrars, they said, you know, this person's license and their voter registration may show they live in Eastville, but this USPS database that they ran all of these. Um, voters through doesn't recognize Eastville and it doesn't deliver there. So it delivers to a post office in Cape Charles, you know, but for our purposes, they're registered at their home address. Do you so, feel confident that this um, handles all of those allegations or is there, does your system uh, give you enough insight to flag someone who might try to exploit this to steal a few votes, especially in some of these tight races? I don't know if they had tight races out there, but look at some of the, the Central Virginia races, they have been very tight in the past. What, what do you think? Right. I mean, one, one of the other data points that we looked at was, you know, the number of this 15,000 who actually were in-person absentee voters. I think it was like 12,766. So that means these are people who went to their registrar's office. They were asked, you know, for an ID. They were asked to state their name and address. They voted in person, the same way I did okay. um, for this election. So the vast majority of these are in-person absentee voters. And, you know, I think it's it's very important for people to continue to bring up issues and flag them. And I take them incredibly seriously. Um, I'm committed to running them down and figuring out what's going on, you know, similar to this felon issue that we had that came up um, in the last week or so. That was one registrar in one locality who raised an issue because of one voter. Right. And, you know, I, I, she's, came to me with it. I went to my team and I said, we got to run this down. We got to figure out what she's talking about. And, you know, we found over 10,000 felons that had been on the rolls, you know, for 11 years. And we were able to get them removed this week and get our roles updated. So we take every single concern very seriously, and I'm committed to running each one of them down and figuring out what's behind them. So just to remind people of that story, these were individuals who had lost their right to vote because they had been convicted of a felony. And then they they had their rights restored, but then they reoffended and should not have been allowed to vote. If I understand correctly, and um, so if you've solved this in the short term, do, looking for the next election in 2023, do you think you can prevent that from occurring again? Do we have the systems in place to to stop that? Right. So that is a part of our computer code. The way hmm. the computer code was written for the original restoration of rights process did not contemplate that somebody might reoffend. So, you know, we have updated the computer code so that that does not happen again moving forward. And that's one of the things that we're trying to do across the board is, you know, look at the different processes that we have um, on all of our list maintenance efforts, you know, in order to prepare us for this new system that we're in the, in the process of procuring. Um, one of the things that I've asked folks to do here as a department is to look at each one of these processes. We, as I've said before, we receive information from a lot of different agencies. What can we do to improve those processes before we get into this new system in a couple years? Yeah. Uh, and when is that going to be done? That's not for this year. Right, this coming year. Correct. So, you know, when I arrived at the department, <clears throat> that procurement was something that was in need of acceleration. Um, and so we went ahead and we negotiated with the two vendors that had responded um, and had been scored the highest on this RFP um, over the summer. We went ahead and referred that contract to the Attorney General's office and VITA in September for their high risk review, which is required of any 
IT contract over $10 million. Hmm. We awarded the contract in October, and then we <clears throat> had our meeting to kick off the planning process in November. So we're in a planning phase right now. Starting in February, we're going to begin the development phase, which includes building, testing, and then training the field on how to use this, and it should go live um, in February of 2025. But between now and then, I feel like we have an obligation to make sure that the processes that we have in place are the best that they can be, and that also our data is in really good shape before we do this data migration to the new system. It's kind of like when you buy a new house, but you want to clean out your attic before you move. Yeah. You know, we've got to have the best data going into that new system. Um, so, you know, I really have two goals for the department. One is this smooth transition to a new system, but then also shoring up the system that we have, like you said, so that we can run the 23 and 24 elections on the existing system. You testified before members of the General Assembly the other day, didn't you? I had a couple of friends I who did. said they, they really grilled you. Um, so let me ask you a provocative question, perhaps, or maybe you've already you know, knocked it out of the park with, with them. Where do you think we are vulnerable? Do we, or do we have vulnerabilities in Virginia's current system that you wish uh, could be changed or that, that you're, you're trying to change? I mean, either, either in code, in law, or just in a practical sense, do you think where do right. we have vulnerabilities? You know, the, 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 the system that we have, the statewide voter registration system, um, is from 2007, and that's when it went live. So it's 15 years old. Um, you know, if you go back and think about, I know it's hard to think back what was going on in 2007. Most of us, you know, had Blackberries in 2007. Um, iPhones were not yet a thing that people had. Um, so it's based on some technology that is older. And then what we have done over the course of many years is we've continued to add functionality as it was required by either legislative bills or federal requirements. And so we keep piling on to this system um, that, you know, at its base has been declared functionally unreliable by JLARC and the JLARC study that they did. So, you know, my concern every day is making sure that Veris is working and that it's, it's serving people well and that we get through the next two years with it. And so we are taking extra steps at the department to shore it up and make sure that it gets us through the next two years. Um, but we really need to move to a new system that has just much better functionality, much better technology, much better security features. And that's where we're trying to get to as fast as we can. Do you think this 45-day voting – I mean, I know you're stuck with whatever law um, – you're given by the legislature, and I appreciate that you respect their right to make make the laws. But is has that revealed itself to be a potential problem here? And I know you got to run, but what, what do you think? So, I, you know, one of the things that I've done as commissioner is get out of Richmond because I think it's really important to get out and visit people. So, in the time that I've been here since March, I visited 35 different localities already. And one of the things that's become very obvious is, you know, a lot of these small localities, their registrar's office is a one-man shop. Um, oh. It is one person who is having to manage all of these requirements and, and conduct 45 days of early voting before every single election. And that's a lot for them. And I think that, you know, we need to understand what we're placing on them in terms of requirements um, that they have to do as just one person. Mm -hmm. So um, it, it, it can be it can be daunting for registrars, all the things that we're placing on them. Okay. Well, that's that's a, that's a good thing to flag so that they're aware of that at the Capitol. You know, you think of Richmond, you think of Arlington, you think of Alexandria and Norfolk. It's very different if you're talking about Emporia or you're talking about, you know, outside of Bristol. Um, I mean, that's a good thing to flag. Susan Beals, the state commissioner for the Board of Elections. I appreciate your um, openness to coming on. And uh, we, we don't pre-screen these questions, so you never know what I'm going to ask you. I, I appreciate that you're willing to do that. 
Thank you. Well, thank you so much, John, and Merry Christmas to you Merry and Christmas. Alonzo and the puppies. I hope you have a great <laughs> holiday. You're always very kind. Thank you, Susan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.